Hello, People's Church. It's always an honor to come by and be a part of a worship experience with you. Just so blessed to be here and be a part of this series. I particularly want to greet the Midwest City campus. Uh, God bless you guys. Just a few months ago, I was able to come over and be a part of a worship experience there. Just a great time. Excited about what God is doing at Midwest City. Keep it up over there on that campus. Praise God. I'm especially honored today to be a part of the particular series that I am continuing and concluding today called Ten. When I start thinking about celebrating stuff, how many like to celebrate stuff? Isn't that that's always fun? You like to celebrate stuff, especially when it's about you. <laughs> we all like that. But you know what? I really especially enjoy celebrating spiritual milestones. And it's just exciting what God has done over the past 10 years here at People's Church. When I start reflecting about this, of course, it always takes me back to my relationship and my friendship with your lead pastor, Herbert Cooper. As he mentioned, we've been friends for about 14 years. And I, I remember the day that I met Herbert Cooper. He and I were both traveling ministers at that time, and I was living in Nashville, Tennessee, and he was living in Springfield, Missouri, and both of us came to Oklahoma City, and we were speaking in two different churches on the south side of Oklahoma City, and those pastors were getting together that we were with, they were getting together for lunch one day. Well, how many of you know me and Herbert's going to lunch? <laughs> We're going to be eating, you better believe. So we're going to tag along with, with these pastors. And we went to a restaurant on the south side of Oklahoma City and, and uh, just, just met and just kind of talked over lunch. And it, it was great to, to meet at that time. He's this young evangelist. And at that time, I'd been a traveling ministry about 15 years. And, uh, you know, it's just great. Well, as, as we were leaving the restaurant, Her, Herbert caught me and he, he said to me, he said, Listen, if you've got a little bit more time, I'd like to just sit and talk with you a little bit more. And it's a great. So he said, man, how about if we just go over here to Brahms and, and, and we get an ice cream? And just in case you don't know that God loves Brahms. If you don't know. So I knew I felt the spirit connection. Right there, not only with Herbert Cooper, but I felt Brahms was it? God loves Brahms. If you're wondering, he, he does. So Herbert and I went, went over to Brahms. We got an ice cream. And, you know, in that next hour to an hour and a half, we really connected. Talked about our lives and some things that we had been through and talked about our ministries and, and where we were going. And uh, literally in that hour and a half, there, there was a connection with Herbert Cooper, at that time I had no idea that it would grow into what it has today, being one of my very best friends today. And from that time on, we exchanged information. We started calling each other at that time in our lives. Uh, and we started talking almost every day except for Sunday. We'd talk and we'd talk about ministry and life and family and just, just we, we just really stayed connected. Well, just a few years after we got connected and became so close, I got a phone call one day from Herbert Cooper. We talked for a minute, and he said, Lynn, I need to tell you something. I said, all right. He said, I haven't told anybody this but Tiffany. You're the second person I'm telling. But he said, I, I need to tell you, God spoke to me to plant a church. 
So we began to talk about that. We began to process that a little bit. And I, I could hear it, it in his heart. It wasn't just words from a man. I mean, God had really birthed this in his heart. And I could tell that. Well, just a couple of months after that, Herbert calls me again. He said, Lynn, he said, I, I, I need to tell you something else. Lynn, God has spoken to me to go to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. That's where I'm supposed to plant a church. Now, I don't know if it's been mentioned yet, but just in case you don't know, friends, when word got out that Herbert Cooper was planting a church in this nation, other cities started trying to pull him in. There were a few other places in this nation that wanted him to come and plant it. But God had spoken to his heart. You know, from the time I met him, I've always had a great deal of respect for Herbert Cooper. But as I started walking through this process with him, my respect level went through the roof for him. Here's why. Because, friends, at that time, Herbert Cooper had a very successful traveling ministry. I mean, he had really hit his stride. He was speaking in conferences and camps across this nation. He had really hit his stride. I mean, he, he was really doing good. And he's saying to me, Lynn, I'm going to give all of that up because God's told me to move to this town, a new place. I'm going to give up a traveling ministry. I'm going to move to a new town for no salary. No money. No, let me make sure I'm speaking to the right crowd. How many could use an extra million dollars today? Would you just acknowledge? I saw some of you put two hands up. You need two, don't you? Huh? So my respect level for Herbert Cooper is just going through the roof now because I realize these are not just dreams of a man. These are dreams of God. Because you just don't do that, ladies and gentlemen, in the natural so as a close friend of his, from the very beginning, I start walking through this process with him. Start dreaming with him. As a traveling minister, I was off every four or five weeks, and my family all lives here in Oklahoma City. I was raised in Moore, graduated high school over there. So my family's all still here, and so I would come back. And when I was off every Sunday, I'd be at People's Church over in the theater. I'd just be worshiping God with them, with them over there. I was just excited to watch Herbert Cooper on his leadership journey. I was doing praying with him. I was supporting him financially. I was doing everything that I could to try to help his dreams come true. But you know what I thought about People's Church when I'm preparing for this talk today? Something really dawned to me as I'm, I'm going over my message and, 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 and I'm praying this through and I'm putting it together. Something really just kind of sounded an alarm in me. Do you know that all that God has done at People's Church over the last 10 years is centered around one man of God saying yes and being obedient when God spoke to him. I'm glad he did, aren't you? People's Church, let me tell you, there's power in obedience. When God speaks, it doesn't matter what it looks like at that moment, there is power in obedience. Pastor Herbert and his leadership team there's no doubt when you hear them up here teaching and preaching God's Word and casting vision, there's no doubt they are ready to do their part moving forward. 
They are ready to work hard because why? You hear Herbert say this all the time. It produces more changed lives. And that's what it's all about. But what I want to do today is I want to talk to you about our part as we continue this journey. Not, not necessarily the part of the leadership, but those of us who come to people's church. Those of us who sit out there in worship experience. What, what can we do to help the next ten years be greater than the last ten years? And I believe it's going to. What can we do? Now, I, I want to take you to the Word of God right now. But before I do, everybody look this way and raise your right hand, please. Raise your, help your neighbor with their right hand. Right. All right. Right. Everybody. Midwest City, are you? Come on now, Midwest City. Raise your right hand. Play my game. Everybody, repeat after me. I promise not to make fun of the speaker because he cannot pronounce these names. You may put your hand down. Have you read some of these Old Testament names? Man, they scare me. They scare. But we're going to give this a try. Okay, here we go. Here we go. 2 Samuel chapter 23, we take you to the Word of God, verse number 8, first of all. These are the names of David's mighty men. Joshua, Bashabeth, Atomahawk. <laughs> Folks, that's all you're getting there. <laughs> if you want to try it, you can try Man, I can't get it. Joshua, Bashabeth was chief of the three. He raised his spear against 800 men whom he killed in one encounter. Now I want to pause right here. I want, want us to catch this. This guy, Joshua Bashabeth, fought 800 men and won. Man, now this is serious. I'm, I want you to understand, these guys aren't wimps. They're warriors. These men that surrounded David, these dudes are powerful. They're Jesus Rambos. Can I say it that way? I mean, these guys are Okay, now we're going to jump to verse 18 because it's our biblical character reference today in verse 18. Abishai, everybody say Abishai. Abishai, the brother of Joab, son of Zariah, was chief of the three. He raised his spear against 300 men whom he killed, and so he became as famous as the three. Okay, so now, now remember in verse 8, Joshua Bashabeth, he killed 800 but Abishai, he can only kill 300 by himself. He's a wimp. <laughs> but I, I want you to get, people's church, I want you to get that these guys are powerful. The Avengers got nothing on them. Nothing. Verse 19, was he not held in greater honor than the three? He became their commander even though he was not included among them. Verse 18, our character reference today is Abishai, because I'm going to talk to you today about what I'm going to call the Abishai anointing. The Abishai anointing. Let me take just a moment before we proceed in my talk today and just bring a definition, bring clarity to you to the word anointing. I want to make sure that we understand what the anointing is. By definition, the anointing is God's power on our lives to help us accomplish God's purpose and build God's kingdom. Let me say that again. It's God's power on our lives to help us accomplish God's purpose and build God's kingdom. 
Now, with that definition in mind, how many at People's Church today would raise your hand and say, I want the anointing? Would would you just say that? I mean, if that's what it is, I want God's power on my life so that I can accomplish God's purpose and build God's kingdom. Now, God had called at this portion of Scripture, God had called King David to a specific task. When he called David to a specific task, he had to put around David mighty men. In fact, the Bible calls these David's mighty men. And so he put these men around David to help him accomplish what God had called him to do. Because you see, friends, that is the biblical spiritual model for success. No man is an island. No man can do it by himself. From that day all the way to this day, God puts people around us to help us accomplish the goal that God has given us to do in our life. It was true for David. It's true for Herbert Cooper. They all need people around them. So I'm going to talk to you about some characteristics of the Abishai anointing today. And I want God to help us do our part going forward. Number one. The Abishai anointing is birthed in difficult times. Birthed in difficult times. In 1 Samuel chapter 22, verses 1 and 2, the Word of God says this. David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All those who were in distress, in debt, or discontented gathered around him, and he became their leader. About 400 men were with him. So notice, friends, that this didn't start, this anointing didn't start in a church like this. In comfortable chairs, like you said, it started in a cave. Now, I also want you to notice the group of men that gathered around him. Weren't they a powerful bunch? The Word of God describes them as all of those who were in distress, in debt, and discontented. Now, how would you like to be attending that church and try to invite somebody to come be with you? Hey, come to my church on Sunday. Really? Where do you go? Well, I go to the first church of the in distress, in debt, discontented. It's fun. Come on, man. This is not good times. These are not powerful people. They're in a cave, not a nice church. Because you know what? The Abishai anointing wasn't birthed in the good times. It's birthed in difficult times. You know what? Right now we look around and we see some great things at People's Church. Some of you have been here from the beginnings. It wasn't always this way. I remember showing up to the theater in the early days. Every single time we had a worship experience, we've had to load and unload equipment, had to set up, had to tear down. There were some difficult days. Herbert's already referenced this earlier in this series, but, you know, I I remember the place in Nashville, Tennessee. I remember the road I was driving down when Pastor Herbert called me, and he said, Lynn, we just got three staff members here today, and one of them's quit on us. One of them's gone. Now we're just down to two, and I could hear the pain. I, I could hear the hurt. In his voice, I can take you to the very place I remember it such a significant time. I, can remember, I want you to understand, friend, people's church knows what difficult times are. But I want you to hear me today. Midwest City, I want you to know this. We also know that during difficult times, our God is faithful. 
we know that He's a faithful God in difficult times. He doesn't just bring us to the valley. He brings us through the valley, ladies and gentlemen. He is faithful when it's hard times, it's difficult times, when we can't see the light of day. He is still a faithful God. Some of you are smiling and clapping right now because you know what? You know it's not just true for your church. It's true in your life, too. Because you've been through some tough times. You've been through some hard times. You've been through some difficult. The devil has come at you from all angles. But look at you sitting at a worship experience today saying, God is faithful. He's faithful. God's faithful during difficult times times he's taken us through thank god second thing i want you to know is this abishai's are sitting on ready we're ready to go we're excited i want to take you to first samuel chapter 26 verse number six david then asked ameliac the hittite and abishai everybody say abishai abishai son of zariah joab's brother who will go down into the camp with me to Saul? Look at verse 6. I'll go with you, said Abishai. Abishai's are sitting on ready. Now let me explain to you where we're at. King David is being pursued by Saul right now. Saul and 3,000 warriors are after David. And what they want to do? They want to kill him. 3,000 people are after David. Well, one night, Saul, and they've made camp. They all sleeping. And David and his army, they've all made camp. They all sleeping. But one night, David can't sleep. Now, I just want to tell you something. 3,000 people after me trying to kill me, I couldn't sleep either. I'm serious now. I'm serious. He couldn't sleep. So he got up and he starts walking around. Well, he stumbles upon Saul's camp. There they are. 3,000 of them trying to kill him. Gets this crazy idea. I think I'm going to go down there and walk around. Let me just see what they got down there in that camp. But if one of them wakes up, I'm going to die. I don't want to die alone. Let me go back to my camp and see if I can get some sucker. I mean some man. To go down there with me. So the Bible said David went back to his camp and two men sat in guard outside his camp. Ameliac and Abishai. David said, who wants to go down with me to Saul's camp? There's a chance we're going to die. The other guy said nothing. But he didn't go to people's church. Abishai jumped up. And said, Pastor, that's the craziest thing I ever heard. Let's do it. Let's do it. David and Abishai went down to Saul's camp and started walking around. Sitting on ready. I believe that spirit of ready is being birthed in this earth. Because you understand, we are the concluding message on the 10 series today. Next week. 
People's Church is starting a new decade. We are starting another 10 years. And I believe there's some people with an Abishai anointing in this place today who's ready to go. You are sitting on, you're saying, when are we going to have another dream campaign? I'm ready to go. Thank God for what he's doing over in Midwest City. But when are we going to launch another camp? Somebody's sitting, some of you can't wait for the greatest show on earth to kick off next month. You are ready to get out there with him and reach your community for the glory of God. Some of you sitting on you're ready for another small group to start. You are sitting on ready. You know why? Because Abishai's are ready to go. And when leadership casts vision, we're ready to jump up and say, we are with you. Let's do this thing. Because the next ten years are going to be better than the last ten years at People's Church. Going to be. Going to be. Excuse me, I spit all over my notes up here. I got a little excited there. We're sitting on ready. Sitting on ready. Number three. Abishai's have a teachable spirit. A teachable spirit. First Samuel chapter 26 and verse number 7. So David and Abishai went to the army by night. And there was Saul lying asleep in the camp. With a spear stuck in the ground near his head. Abner and the soldiers were lying around him. Now, here we go. We got Abishai and we got David and they've been walking around the army and now they've come up on Saul. Now, Saul is the guy trying to kill David. Understand Abishai is just a trained warrior. That's all he knows. So he comes up on this guy who's trying to kill his leader. All he knows is I'm going to kill him first. That's all he knows. But he wants to do things right. So he wants to get permission from his leader to kill somebody. Let's look at the next verse. Verse 8. Abishai said to David, Today God has delivered your enemy into your hands. Now let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of my spear. I won't strike him twice. You see that? First of all, it makes me smile that Abishai would even credit God for giving him this opportunity to kill somebody. Do you see what he said? Isn't this wonderful, David? This is wonderful. God has given me this chance to get... Can I do it, Pastor? Can I do it, David? Huh? Can, come on. It's not going to take me twice. I'll get him the first time. But remember, Abishai's have a teachable spirit. Please bear with me. I know several verses here. But we're going to watch now as David kicks into teaching mode. He starts teaching in verse number 9. But David said to Abishai, don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? As surely as the Lord lives, he said, the Lord himself will strike him. Either his time will come and he will die or he will go into battle and perish. But the Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. Now get the spear and water jug that are near his head and let's go. Verse 12. So David took the spear and water jug near Saul's head and they left. No one saw it or knew about it, nor did anyone wake up. They were all sleeping because the Lord had put them into a deep sleep. I'm going to tell you, if I'm walking around 3,000 people, that if they wake up, they want to kill me, I want the Lord to put them in a deep sleep. Amen. You see, Abishai received instruction from his leader. A teachable spirit. Can I tell you one of the many things I love about people's church is that they teach the Word of God here. They teach the Word of God 
It's not man's opinion. You're going to get the word of God at people's church. And here's why I like this. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Can I tell you, sometimes I'm listening to Pastor Herbert speak, and it makes me clap. Sometimes I'm listening to Pastor Herbert or one of the other leadership team members up here, and they're teaching the Word of God. And you know what? It makes me laugh. Just sometimes it just, it just makes me. You know, other times when it makes me say amen. Other times they're up here teaching the Word of God, it makes me say, oh me. Ouch. I did not wear my steel-toed shoes today. Ouch. You know why? Because the Bible says that sometimes the Word of God rebukes us and corrects us. That's not fun. Sometimes it does. Here's what I want you to know, though. Great leadership starts with great followership. And I want you to know that as you move forward in your next 10 years, your pastor is teachable. He's a good friend of mine. I talk to him four or five days a week. I'm going to tell you, he is teachable. All the time, he'll call me on the phone and say, Lynn, I was just at this conference, and here's what I learned. They taught me some, Or he'll call me and say, Lynn, I just had lunch with this other pastor. And, man, he taught me so much. I learned something from him. And it's good to follow a man who's teachable. And because our leader's teachable, I want to be teachable. I want to be an Abishai with a teachable spirit here. That's what what I want to be. Did you ever have somebody teach you something and after they did you thought, I should have known that? I recently was speaking at a ministry event up in Kansas and everybody was telling me to go to this breakfast place that they had great biscuits and gravy. So I said, okay, one day I decided I'm going to eat healthy and I'm going to go get some biscuits and gravy. So I went in there and the waitress comes over. I said, I want biscuits and gravy. Everybody in this town, Raven, said, you got the best biscuits and gravy. I want you to give me some biscuits and gravy. The waitress looked at me and she said, would you like round biscuits or square biscuits? Now, I've never been asked that question. I never In Oklahoma, they don't ask that question. I've never been asked that question. So my obvious question was, what's the difference between a square biscuit and a round biscuit? And with a straight face, the waitress looked at me and said, Listen, Midwest City, square biscuits are square, round biscuits are round. (laughs) I should have known that. I should should have. They shouldn't have had to teach me that. You ever been asked that? I've never been asked. I thought there was going to be some scientific thing there. Round biscuits are round, square biscuits are square. Just so you know, all right? Number four, final point today. Abishai's fight for a fatigued leader. Fight for a fatigued leader. Second Samuel 21, verse 15. Once again, there was a battle between the Philistines and Israel. David went down with his men to fight against the Philistines, and he became exhausted. You see, sometimes the leaders get exhausted. In the next verse, a Philistine comes up, is about ready to kill David, but we're going to skip to verse 17, which says, But Abishai, everybody shout Abishai. Abishai, son of Zariah, came to David's rescue. He struck the Philistine down and killed him. 
Then David's men swore to him, saying, Never again will you go out to battle with us so that the lamp of Israel will not be extinguished. Friend, leadership is exhausting. But you know what? We sit here and we say that, and I'm talking, I'm teaching today to some people attending a worship experience, and you're exhausted too. Because sometimes life is exhausting. With the stress and the pressure, I'm up here and I'm saying leadership, they get exhausted. You know, because you do too. With the family and the job and everything we've got going on, it gets exhausting. Can I call on you today, Abishai's? Don't get weary. Our best days are ahead. Don't get tired. Don't give up. Don't stop. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. If we don't give up. Don't quit. I know you get tired. Sometimes the leadership gets tired. You get tired. But we're going to press through. This year, I'm celebrating 30 years of full-time ministry. This year, hey, amen. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for that. Say to your neighbor real quick, he don't look that old. Hurry, just real quick. Come on, Midwest City. Tell. Thanks for playing my game. In 30 years, I can tell you my observations in working with other ministers, they get tired. They get weary. A lot of people quit because they're exhausted. Even those of you who are sitting in chairs today at this worship experience, there are other people that get tired. But today we're calling the Abishais to rise up and to say, you know what? Pastor Herbert and the rest of the leadership team at People's Church, I got your back. When you get tired, just like Abishai stepped in, I got your back. And some of you are looking at somebody else maybe right now across this worship experience and you're saying, you know what? When you get tired, I got your back. I got your back. I got your back. And the devil needs to know that if he's coming after one of us, he's got to deal with all of us up in this place because we got an Abishai anointing now at People's Church. We have each other's back. Don't grow weary, Abishai. Keep serving. Keep giving. Keep working. Because there is more of a harvest coming to people's church. It's going to get even better than it already is. Our best days are ahead. Even right now, I can hear Pastor Herbert ringing in my ear. More changed lives. That's what ahead of us. You know why? Because we got each other's back at people's church. We are ready and willing to fight for one another. Midwest City, Oklahoma City, your best days are ahead. God bless an Abishai anointing that's going across this place right now. Father, I thank you for every...